Hey everyone, welcome to Tom French Preaching. This is the podcast of me, Tom French, preaching, just like the title says. I'm a guy who lives in Melbourne and does Bible talks for youth and other people around Australia and all over the internet. I'm also the author of Weird, Crude, Funny and Nude, The Bible Exposed, the very best book that I have ever written. For more information about my book or to see what else I've been up to, go to my website, tomfrench.com.au. And with that, let's get on with the talk. So Christmas for me often is a time of unfulfilled promises. I don't know what it's like for you, uh, but in my family, what often happens uh, is there are a lot of promises that we make and we don't always go through on them. So, you know, what will happen is mostly you've got Christmas trees and you've seen it in your family, hopefully, and you've got a Christmas tree and then under the Christmas tree there's you know, all these different shapes. There's rectangular prisms and there's spheres and there's triangular prisms if someone is giving away Toblerone for Christmas. And then there are some cards. And this is what my family does. They do cards. And on the cards, particularly sometimes the ones that I get, I'll open it up and be from my parents, I'll say, Dear Tom, we love you very, very much. This card entitles you to a blah, 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 blah. And it'll say something which they are promising me. And uh, always I get these promises and I never follow through on the promises. My parents so far at the moment, I think they owe me uh, Kung Fu lessons and they owe me advanced driver training course. They owe me a photography course, which I think shows that my parents think I'm not educated in anything at all. And so this is what they give me. And, uh, and these are unfulfilled promises. And the reason why they're unfulfilled promises is not because my parents are stingy, but because I am lazy. Because they say, look, you go research it, find the one you want to do, and then we'll pay for it. And I'm like, yeah, I will. And then I never do. And so I just have all these untraded in gifts. Uh, I, on the other hand, I am a bad gift giver. I have got, given lots of promises to my family, which I always intend to fulfill, fulfill, but I never do. I probably owe everyone in my family a gift. I owe Emily a few gifts, and we've only been married for a year. I am, I'm not that good at giving gifts. Uh, one year, I gave my sister, who was living in Guatemala at the time, I gave her some gifts. I was very prepared. I ordered it on Amazon and got it sent to Guatemala. I was like, I am so well done. This is the best. And then she, you know, sent messages saying, thanks for the gifts, Tom, but maybe next time don't send it via Amazon because we had to pay more in taxes to get it from the post office than it was worth having the presents at all. So then I was like, oh, no, I've got to do something better than this. So the next time presents came around, I was like, all right, I'm going to send presents uh, with some someone who was going to visit them in Guatemala. And my father was going the next year in June, and there were some birthdays beforehand. So I was like, all right, I've got about six months between Christmas and June to get the birthday presents, send them. And I, I was thinking about it. I was all prepared, ready to go. And then my dad went to Guatemala, and I'd said to my sister that I was going to send the presents, and my dad was there. And then he, my sister said, oh, did Tom give you anything for me? And he was like, oh, did he? He's like, he did say something. And he's like, yes, he said... Tom wants season two of The West Wing back because he wants to watch it. 
And she's like, are there presents? He's like, no, he just wants the West Wing. And so instead of sending presents, I sent a request to get my stuff back. And that's all I managed to do. I am terrible at giving presents. I am full of unfulfilled promises. Uh, my family is always not fulfilling promises. For Emily and my six-month anniversary, she, she said that she was going to give me something. She, she wrote me a card and said, you will get something. She gave me a promise. And then my mom was like, you gave him a promise. Welcome to the family. Because this is what we are like. Now, Christmas is all, for many of us, about unfulfilled promises. For, for us, when we look at the Bible, it shows us that this, this story that we see is the exact opposite of this. The story where we see Jesus being brought into the temple, this is the fulfilling of many promises of God. That God has promised that he is going to send a Messiah to come and to save the world. God has promised that through uh, Abraham, he made a promise to him, that Abraham would be a blessing to all the nations. And through his descendant, Jesus, Abraham is now going to be a blessing to the nations. God promised that Israel would be a light to the Gentiles. That's people like us. And through Jesus, Israel can now be a light to the Gentiles. Christmas is about God fulfilling his promises. And in this story, we see that God is coming into his temple once again. And as he comes into his temple, we see not God coming in, you know, with smoke and fire and trumpets, but God comes in as a little baby. And as he comes in, what he is doing is he's going in to fulfill the law of God. At the beginning of the um, passage, we saw that it said that Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day. Now, if I became God... And I, became, I was God, and then I became human, and I could use my privilege for anything. I would use my privilege not to be circumcised. I would say, that, that's, that's too far. Look, I'm God. Just, we can leave that alone. But Jesus here, we see that as God, he is submitting himself to every law of God. That God doesn't call us to do things which he isn't willing to do himself. The whole point of Jesus is that he is submitting himself to God's law to do what we could not do. And now he comes into the temple fulfilling the promises of God, showing us that he is the consolation of Israel. He is the redemption of Jerusalem. He is the one who will save the world. This is God fulfilling his promises. And the great thing that we can remember because of this at Christmas is that God is a God who does what he says he will do. The question is, how will we respond to that? How will we respond to the faithfulness of God? Well, if God is faithful to fulfill his promises, then the challenge to us is to be people who wait well, who wait faithfully. When we look at Simeon and Anna, these two old people who are in the temple, these are both people who have been faithfully waiting for God. For years and years and years, they are waiting for God to do something, expecting God to do something, and finally he comes through. We can be like them, people who wait faithfully. And so some of the ways that we can wait faithfully we're going to look at tonight. The first one is that we can wait with expectation. Uh, We see uh, in Simeon that he was a guy who waited with expectation, that the Holy Spirit had said to him, you are going to see the Lord's Messiah. You're going to see him. And so Simeon waited faithfully year after year for God to come through. That today could be the day that God is going to fulfill his promise to Simeon. And then God did. One day was the day and God said, right, this is it. Go to the temple. He's going to be there. And Simeon was able to hold Jesus in his arms. 
to hold God's salvation in his arms and say, I can now die at peace because I have seen the Lord's Messiah. He waited expectingly, knowing that God was going to come through. I was in the city, in the city of Sydney with some friend, a friend a few years ago, and we were going around taking photos. It was a Sunday afternoon, and we were heading home from church, and we were walking past the Four Seasons Hotel, and outside the hotel, there were all these police, and there were all these teenagers, and there were all these people with cameras with long lenses, and we were like, oh, something is going on here. We should check it out. And so we looked around, and then we listened to what the crowd was saying, and the crowd was like, oh, Lady Gaga's coming. Lady Gaga's coming. We're like, oh, Lady Gaga's coming. Great. And we're like, well, hang around and we'll take some photos. We might get photos of Lady Gaga. It's like, that'll be a great end to our Sunday afternoon photography. And so we waited around, waited to see Lady Gaga, and, and we tried to get the best position where, where we thought she might turn up and get out of her car and, and, I don't know, do whatever Lady Gaga does and then go into the hotel. We were there ready for it, and then we waited, and then we waited, and we waited, and Lady Gaga didn't turn up. I assume she did turn up, but we kind of gave up. We were like, eh, that's not very, this isn't worth it. We want to get to church. And so we went home and we never saw Lady Gaga. And I know that that's not a very good story that I didn't see Lady Gaga, because probably all of you could tell me that story that you haven't seen Lady Gaga. But the reason why I tell you that story is because we heard this rumor that Lady Gaga was going to be there. We heard it from the crowd and we listened to it. And then we're like, eh, I don't know if it's reliable. I don't know how long we can wait. And we gave up and we went home. The difference is that while what we heard from the crowd was rumor and hearsay, what God does for us is not rumor and hearsay. God fulfills his promises. We can wait expectantly because we know that the character of God is not just based on things that people have whispered here and there, but the character of God is one who does what he says that he will do. And while Simeon and Anna could put their trust in what God had done in the past before Jesus, we now see Jesus. And we have seen that Jesus is someone who does what he says that he will do. God promised that he would send his Messiah, and he did in Jesus. God does what he says he would do. And, God, and Jesus promised that he would come, and he would teach, and he would be put on trial, and that happened. We can trust Jesus. Jesus promised that he would be put to death, and it happened. Jesus promised that he would come back to life, and it happened. And Jesus promised that he will come back again. One day he will return. That will happen. We can wait expectantly for the return of Jesus. Whatever we are waiting for God to do in our lives, there are some things that we can rely on. And one thing that we can rely on is that one day Jesus is going to come back and he will stand upon this earth and he will make everything right. Whatever we are waiting for, we know that we can at least rely on the return of Jesus and we can wait faithfully for that. And so the next way that we can wait is not just expectantly, but we can wait with faithfulness of character. We saw that Simeon was someone who was called righteous and devout. We saw that Anna was someone who spent day after day at the temple worshiping God. She wanted to be found. When God came into his temple, she wanted to be found righteous. When Jesus came, he found people waiting for him faithfully. Are we going to be people who wait with faithfulness of character? In Luke chapter 12, verses 42 to 44, Jesus says this about 
uh, who, about waiting faithfully. It says this, The Lord answered, Who then is faith, the faithful and wise manager who the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for the servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. Jesus is saying that he's going to come back and he wants to find us being people who are doing what he asks us to do, who are faithful waiters, that we are found being faithful, doing the right thing. I am someone who am not very good at doing office work. And most of my life, uh, my working life, I've been doing youth ministry, which is great because you get to go around and you do lots of different stuff. Um, but I did this one job which had a large component of office work. Sometimes I was out in schools, visiting schools, but sometimes I was in the office and I hated being in the office. I was the worst at the office. I would sit down at my desk and as soon as I sat down at my desk, all my ability to be productive was sapped out of me and all my ability to look at Facebook was unsapped out of me, whatever the opposite of being sapped out. I was, I was really good at Facebook and really bad at most other things. And my boss could come up to me on pretty much any given day at that job and say, Tom, what have you achieved today? What have you done? I could say, well, boss, I have done so much. I have read this article about how Justin Bieber is using his Apple Watch to tell people about Jesus and stay out of prison. Isn't that great? And my boss would say, yeah, okay, that's very interesting, Tom, but what have you done? What have you achieved today? Well, you've been in the office. I say, well, boss, not only that, I found a video on YouTube of a chimpanzee riding a Segway. Can you believe it? A chimpanzee riding a Segway? Got a little helmet on and a jacket on. That's amazing. A chimpanzee riding a Segway. Well, I've achieved great things. And he could say, no, Tom, what have you really done? What have you done with your time in the office? I say, well... You know how bulldog clips, how their arms either go up or straight down? Well, I have been working on my bulldog clip so the arms go straight out. Look, it's amazing. The arms are straight out. I did that a lot in the office. And, and he would say, that's amazing. You can get a pay rise. He won't. He would say, you've done nothing. This is useless. I am not a faithful servant. I would want him to find me doing what he wants me to do, but I didn't do it. I was so bad at office work. And so it's good that I've now moved to church life where I get to spend time going to Christmas parties and laser tag. It's so much easier. So, but what we want is we want Jesus to come and find us. When he returns, we want him to find us faithful. Like he found Anna and Simeon faithful until we want him to find us as faithful people doing what he asks us to do. Because one day he will say to us, what have you done? And we, will, we might say to him, well, Jesus, guess what? I got a really good mark in year 12. And I went to uni, and I did great at uni. And then I got a job, and I got promoted and promoted, and I'm in charge of so many people. Jesus, aren't you pleased? When we say, Jesus, you know what? I got married. I had some kids. They're great. They're wonderful kids. They've all got good jobs, even the one in prison. I've done so well, Jesus, look. Oh, we say, Jesus, look what I did, Jesus. I bought a house, and then I renovated the house, and now I renovated it so that the splashback in the kitchen matches the tiles in the bathroom. Jesus, aren't you pleased? And he will say, yes. I love it when the tiles in the bathroom match the splashback in the kitchen. He won't. 
He won't say that. You know, there are a lot of people in this world who don't have their basic needs being met. They don't have food, they don't have water, they don't have shelter. And if we have done nothing about that, then why should Jesus care how well we did in our careers? And there are people in this world who are lonely, people who are isolated. And we come here every week and spend time with people that we love. If we do nothing about these people, why should Jesus care what we have done with our lives? And there are people in the world who have not heard about Jesus, about how much he has loved them, that he would give his life for them so that they may be forgiven and set free and get eternal life. And if we have done nothing about that, why should Jesus care what we have done with our lives? And what I'm, I'm not saying that doing well at uni or raising kids or renovating your house is bad. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that we need to know what is most important. And that is being faithful to Jesus. That one day he will come back and he will find us waiting faithfully. That we haven't said, oh, he's not turning up. I'll just do what I want. That we say, he could come anytime. I will do what he wants. We'll be people who are found faithful. The last way that we can wait is to wait with trust. To wait trusting that God is going to do what he has promised that he is going to do. You know, people could have seen Simeon and said, Simeon, you are so good. You're a good man. You pray. You worship. You go to the temple. You make the right sacrifices. Simeon, you are a good man. God will bless you. God will make you rich. And if Simeon relied on that promise, then chances are he was going to be disappointed. Or people may have looked at Anna and said, Anna, you know what? You are such a good person, and I know you are widowed, but God's got someone for you. God's got someone, the right person for you. You just have to wait for them. If Anna relied on that promise, then she would have been disappointed. She was a widow till she was 84. We have to wait with trust that God is going to fulfill his promises. But the problem is, many of us are waiting for Jesus to do things that he never promised that he would do. We expect him to come through on something which we have decided he would do, but he never promised that in his word. We need to wait with trust that God will do what he said that he would do. So much of our disappointment and our bitterness with God is because we are waiting for God to do something that he's not ever going to do. You know, New Year's Eve is coming up. And New Year's Eve is this time of year which always lets you down. I don't know, well, it always lets me down. I always get so excited about New Year's Eve. I'm like, it's going to be great. And then it's never that good. I remember one year I'd had a tough year at work. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to find the most relaxing thing I can do for New Year's Eve. And some friends were like, look, we're going to our beach house. Why don't you come with us? I was like, good, that'll be awesome. So I went to the beach house with them. We sat around, we played games. Um, we, we ate food, we had chats, and then we stayed up till midnight, watched the fireworks on TV, then we went to bed, and then we woke up in the morning, and we saw this glorious view on this headland looking out across the ocean and the beach. And I was like, this was the greatest New Year's ever. So the next year, I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to find the most relaxing thing I can do. It's going to be brilliant. I'm so excited about this. And so I started asking around, see who was doing what. 
And uh, everyone kind of said, oh, you know, we're, we're going to the city, we're going to watch the fireworks. I was like, I don't want the fireworks. I don't want to hang out with drunk people setting themselves on fire. That's terrible. I don't want to do that. I wanted the most relaxing thing I could find. I couldn't find anyone until eventually my housemate said, well, look, we're just having a night in. You can stay with us. I'm like, great. Night in, that's going to be good. And they're like, we're going to invite around our in-laws and they're going to come around, brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And so they... They came round, and uh, I was, was hanging out with them. There was these two couples and me. And, and the, at the beginning of the night, we, we started to... We watched a movie together, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's all right. And then we played a board game. We played a board game about um, the London um, underground train system, the subway. And I was like, really? It's New Year's Eve, and I'm playing a game about, you know, London transport. This is not that exciting. And then eventually, like, one of the couples was like, all right, it's 10.30. We're going to go home now. I'm like, it's 10.30. What are you doing? I'm like, well, we're married. I'm like, you're married and boring. Get out of here. And so they left, and so there was this other married couple, me, and they're like, yeah, we're going to party. And then the wife was like, no, I'm going to bed. And I was like, what? Come on. It got to midnight, and the husband was in. He was doing the washing up, and I was on the couch playing games on my phone. It's like, this is the worst New Year's Eve ever. I wanted something relaxing, and it wasn't. So the next year, I'm like, no expectations whatsoever. I'm not even going to expect to have a good time. And so I spent New Year's Eve by myself. I didn't do anything at all. I got some bad Indian from the takeaway down the road, and I played Call of Duty till midnight. And then I went to bed. And it was great because it was terrible, and I knew it would be. <laughs> My expectations were fulfilled. Now, the thing with Jesus is that the, the way that we can be pleased with Jesus is not... Uh, that we expect him to do nothing. But in fact, we expect him to do everything. Jesus has promised us that if we trust in him, he will give us everything, but everything in him. I don't know what you are waiting for in your life. I don't know if you are waiting for a job that, you know, you're unemployed and you want a job. I don't know if you're waiting for someone in your family uh, who doesn't know Jesus to come to know Jesus. I don't know if you are waiting for someone who you really like to realize how wonderful you are and decide that they really like you too. I don't know if you're waiting to be healed or if you're um, waiting to, um, to, to, for your family to be fixed and for everyone to, to get on with each other. I don't know what you are waiting for. The thing is that, that God never promises that everything will be all right in this life. There is no promise like that in the Bible. What he does promise is that he will work all things for the good of those who love him, and so we can rely on that. He does promise that one day he is going to return and all sickness will be taken away and we will be healed. He doesn't promise that every relationship in this life will be fixed, but one day he is going to come back and he is going to heal our relationships with him and with each other so that we will live in peace with him and each other for eternity. That's what he promises. We can rely on the fact that God promises that he will come back and he will put everything right. That he will give us every spiritual blessing in Christ and we will see it. We can rely on that promise. And so we need to wait trusting that God is going to come through. But he's going to come through with what he promised. And it's not always going to be what we expect, but it will be what is best because we know that he is a God who loves us. So what do we do with this? Well, if you are a Christian, then what this means for you is that because God is faithful, then this Christmas you can celebrate. 
There are lots of excellent things to celebrate at Christmas. You can celebrate your presents. You can celebrate your food. You can celebrate your family. You can celebrate your friends. These are great things to celebrate. But you can also celebrate that you have a God in heaven who loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to find you, to love you, to save you, to forgive you, and to give you eternal life. You can celebrate that. That is worth celebrating. This can be a Christmas of celebration. As you wait faithfully, you wait with celebration because you have a God that loves you. And if you are not a Christian, then you can also celebrate this Christmas. You can celebrate friends and family and food and presents and all those things, but also don't miss out on the fact that you can celebrate that you have a God that loves you, that he would come all the way from heaven and earth to find you, That he will give his life to love you. He would rise again and say, you will have a life like that. If you put your trust in him, you can celebrate that too. You can have the best celebration to have this Christmas if you put your trust in him. Let's be people who wait for God to come through. Wait knowing that he will fulfill his promises. Be people who wait faithfully, wait with expectation, and wait with trust because he is a God who comes through. We've seen it in Jesus the first time he came and we will see it when he comes again. How about I pray for us? Lord God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that at Christmas time we know that you sent him to us and that we can see that you're a God who comes through. We pray that we will be people who trust knowing that wherever we are, whatever we are going through in this life, that we can trust you, that you will come through. That one day you will set this world to right And that even if things don't work out right now like we want them to, that one day they will. Because you are good. We've seen in your son and we will see it again. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, that was the talk. And I hope it was helpful for you. If you want more talks or to read my blog or order my book or even to book me to speak, remember to go to tomfrench.com.au. It's my home on the internet. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWFrench or on Insta at TWFrench. And don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts so that other people might be able to discover it too. Till next time, have a good one.